genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 110, like the freeway in LA, of 15 Minutes of Genius. I'm going to explain. You're going to see why I even said that. This is a show where we bring on great entrepreneurs, investors, advisors, consultants in CPG and also outside of CPG uh, to share all their knowledge and wisdom. We're here in the Manhattan Beach, California studio for 15 Minutes of Genius. Big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net for your editing desires. We don't have a camera on him, but I have my personal eye camera on him. There he is. He just gave me the raised eyebrows. Very cool. Kind of creepy, but also cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, um, this is a first for the show, I think. Right, Mark? This is a first. We have a guest that is on the road on his phone, which is ironically getting better reception than most people do on Wi-Fi for, for the show. And he's in Austin, Texas. This is Billy Bosch. He is the founder and CVO of Iconic Protein, which if you don't know who they are, you're under a rock. So a little bit about him and also the company. Uh, they, he led market research, product testing, and design for a new beverage line, which is the Iconic Protein, been out for a while. He's built and man he's managed teams of CPG professionals. He also launched a uh, Iconic Protein line powder that is now in Sprouts and other national retailers and led fundraising of $10 million in capital to finance the business. So definitely a legend in the protein space. Billy, how are you doing on the road there? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for uh, being flexible with me here. You know, plans change regularly as an entrepreneur, as you know. <laughs> so we, we had some unexpected delays, and so I'm in a car. We're parked, and uh, I'm on the way to Lake Travis right now. I'm kind of living in between Miami and Austin, and I'm with a few other entrepreneurs. So I convinced them to sit outside of the truck and uh, have a drink and relax, and, and I'm going to talk to you, and we're going to have a little chit-chat here. Definitely. Something tells me that they are not having protein drinks or genius juice. They're having something a little more, <laughs> a little more festive Thursday going night on. After seven o'clock, I think it's something more festive. Yeah, they'll, exactly. They'll be doing it responsibly, but exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good assumption. Good assumption. By the way, the lighting is amazing. I can see your silhouette and I can see your beard. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get teeth every now and then, but you know, it's, it's almost Halloween. We're coming, we're getting close. So it's like, this is kind of the theme, right? We've got some dark shadows, maybe a pumpkin will pop out from behind, maybe a creepy hand will come in during the interview. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know if you did this on purpose. It was kind of like an orange tint going on, on your face. Like you're just a jack-o'-lantern, like smiling, you know, like in the darkness. So very well Alex, done, this sir. This whole thing was planned, so it, oh, it's all planned. I'll just, I'll just admit it. You know, it's all planned. This is, this is a stage I'm on right now. Exactly, exactly. It's you're in a studio. You're in the, you're in the podcast studio. <laughs> so right on, man. Exactly. Well, well, let's get into it. Um, you know, all joking aside, you have a serious brand, a lot of stores. Been seeing the brand forever. Um, you know, Carp Riley. You know, I know. Uh, you know, the Carp family or Carp family, and the also the uh, the fund. And you got some money from them as well, and they're partners with you. So you've actually really your yep. mover and shaker in this industry of growing your band, getting the right partners on board for investment. So tell us, let's start with a story. Like you came into this space, you know, five years before Koya, you know, all these other brands that are now trying to do protein drinks. 
you know, right. nine years before us, because we went into some protein smoothies and sprouts. So you're kind of one of the original mm -hmm. healthy protein drinks. Tell us, like, why did you want to get into, like, what kind of tipped you to say, I want to get into this category? And you're kind of one of the, I think one of the leader, like the one of the, uh, what's it called? Like the forerunners are kind of the, you know, the pathway, mm -hmm. the trailblazers is what I'm trying to say yeah. in this category. The trailblazers. Trailblazers, yes. man. So tell, tell me more, tell us more. How did you get into this and how'd you get the idea? Great question. Uh, get that question every now and then, as you might imagine. And Probably. For, yeah, exactly right. And, and I'll start off by saying I have no business uh, being in the, the, the drink space in general. Um, you know, for me, it was solving a problem. I had some health issues in my kind of mid and late 20s. And what I realized, a lot of people have this epiphany, right? And for me, there was just like health scare. And I'm from Louisiana. I love fried food, covered in cream sauce, covered in spices, <laughs> eat, eating it late at night, whatever, right? And and what wound up happening is, even though I, I love working out, I'm pretty active. I had health issues, right? I had high cholesterol, I had chronic acid reflux, I had a sleep sitting up because I had acid reflux every night. And you know, doctors put you on statins, they put you on you know on this anti-inflammation stuff, all these prescriptions, and I thought that sounded crazy. So I go to a dietitian. She says, no, you need to clean up your diet. You need more protein and fiber because that's going to, that's going to fill you up in a healthy way. Protein isn't just for working out, right? Protein fills you up. And I said, okay, great. So drink a protein drink. I'll make better decisions when I do go out to eat and it'll help speed up my metabolism, clean up all these issues. So go buy like a muscle milk or something. She's like, no, you can't buy anything on the market. Everything has a butt. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you can have that. It's got protein, but it's got carcinogens in it. It's got aspartame and sucralose, artificial sweeteners. It's got too much sugar. You're going to get diabetes. You're going to have all these other issues, right? And so I kind of sarcastically said, well, why don't you just help me create a drink then? You know, if there's really nothing out there. And she says, like, who are you again? Like, <laughs> why, why are you qualified to do this? And I said, well, how, how hard can this be? You may have said these same words, Alex. How hard can it be to put a beverage in a bottle, right? Mix it up, put it in a little bottle, go sell it. Harder than I could Here ever I imagine. Ten years later. <laughs> yeah, I know. The hardest thing that we've ever done is this right here. And that's, that's, that's how everything got going. That was the real kind of aha genesis uh, story of Iconic. And then, you know, it took a few years really just to get it in a bottle because we're low acid aseptic. It's not refrigerated. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole nother processing system. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A lot of it's limited. Uh, one thing that I learned, and I'm sure that, you know, you just kind of reference that you learn. It's really freaking hard to find a co-packer that you can scale with, that they can scale and have capacity to make a low acid protein product. It's just really hard yes. to find the right partner the right bottle, the right size. Um, and so uh, it's good that, you know, you found the right partners to actually do this and scale it. But when you're small, it's a lot harder. And that's really where we give advice back to the entrepreneurs that are watching this is like, you know, if you're doing a thousand gallon batches, it's gonna be very hard mm -hmm. to find the right co-packer. So like, how did you balance like the chicken and the egg thing, right? Like to get the volume, you got to go, you got to go to a co-packer, but the co-packer won't accept oh, you unless so you have the volume. Like how did you build your volume in the early days to transition to a co-packer and how, how did you make uh, it? 
I mean, it was so hard, Alex. I, I honestly, in hindsight, I, I probably should, I would go back and talk to myself and say, Hey man, take it easy on these liquids. Maybe go do a powder instead. Or maybe, <laughs> hence maybe do hence your new product line. <laughs> I know, hence powders, right? <laughs> and, but I thought there's so many powders. There's not a lot of drinks. This is clear market opportunity. I want to go in and do something different. You know, a low calorie protein drink that fills you up more like a light meal replacement. Let's go in and do that. No one's doing it good. Everything's got tons of sugar in it or a bunch of bad ingredients. And so I really spent uh, the better part of two years trying to figure out how to get a co-packer to take on a brand they never heard of and how to run scale quickly because all these co-packers are set up to run 100,000 cases of 12 bottles each per flavor per run on these large aseptic machines. And I mean, that's like a four or $500,000 investment if you're running a few SKUs. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a lot of money to throw up up front when you have no, you know, validation. And so the short story of that is after three different false starts at different low acid aseptic co-packers, I, you know, we're working with Tetra Pak at the time. And I went and said, look, man, I can't get anybody to run my product. All the big companies are pushing this out of the way. We can never get any line time. And finally, they put us on on this line. Um, and and basically, I wound up, it, you know, in, with with these drink packages, sometimes you just get plain packaging with Tetra Pak. So it was a little white Tetra Pak for a pilot run. Mm -hmm. And I, <laughs> you're supposed to just test those and drink them. And I'm like, I'm not going to throw them away. So I had about 10,000 bottles. So of just one flavor that was for this test run. And I actually hand labeled those 10,000 bottles with shrink sleeves and a clothes steamer. <laughs> and oh my I had God. an army of interns, friends and family in New Orleans that are all like steaming. And I, I'd have these like friends come up and be like, hey man, can I take a break? I have the steamer hand. What's the steamer hand? Well, it's when your hand gets all soggy from the steam and you start to get a little burn on the edge of your hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, what's happening here? You gotta start I'm having like health you know, insurance for those interns to go get checkups. I know. I'm like, I'm like, we got to get back to work. <laughs> but those, those 10,000 bottles were proof of concept. And I found a way with the help of those around me to, to get them on the shelf and test it. And it turns out they, they sold pretty fast. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. Now I can go run, you know, thirty, $40,000 worth of this stuff and, and start to build out this product line. And what, what's interesting too, that, you know, I've noticed is that you got into the game you know, shelf stable, right? You mentioned Tetra Pak, and then you yeah. have your bottle now, kind of the round, roundish bottle, uh, blue bottle, mm -hmm. I would say, not to be confused yeah. with coffee. And yeah. uh, and then like about five, six years ago, you started seeing refrigerated, you know, refrigerated protein yes. beverages hit the market. The Koyas, Rebel got into it, you know, we're kind of in it in a way. We have one small like mm -hmm. a sideline of, um, of protein smoothies yeah. that we're pushing at Sprouts. But at the end of the day, like what's really amazing is that things are coming back around where shelf stables is getting back in style, which is interesting to be merchandised anywhere in the store. So is that one of the key reasons you're like, I want to keep the shelf stable because for marketability, visibility in stores, um, shelf life, I'm sure all the above, right? Yeah. And look, I think that the, the cooler is always the sexy place to be. Right. And for you guys, you have to be in the cooler for us. It's a battle to get in the cooler because the stores have a limited amount of cooler space. Everybody wants to be in it. And if you're refrigerated, you have to be in it. You don't have a choice. And so for us, it's a, it's this challenge of, Hey, do we go refrigerated with our line and automatically get to go in the cooler? 
you're still battling for shelf space, but mm-hmm. at least you get in cooler. Uh, that's a definitive thing once you get in the store. But half of our business is e-commerce, right? Half of it's online. And, and it's really challenging to do that for Koya, you know, and you guys, like, I would imagine it's a lot challenging, a lot more challenging to do that. And so that it, there's always like that pro con of like, what do you do? So I'm not saying we would never have a refrigerated line, but I enjoy being able to ship things, you know, um, so, you know, just for e-commerce in general. And also, uh, you know, I think we have, we're up to 18 months shelf life on our line so it's mm-hmm. a nice long shelf life and we don't really ever and nothing really ever expires exactly right? you got a year and a half to sell it yeah. and food food safety as well you know if you're shipping you yeah. know, shipping online if fedex or ups takes an extra day or two because they screw up or they're short-staffed or they deliver to the wrong house yes. or whatever you're not going to risk uh the product going bad and then people that customer will drink the product and think that it's your fault, Iconic's fault, when it's actually FedEx's fault, and it'll be sour. So that's that's, that's something that's we constantly, right? we battle with that yeah. all the time. Um, and it's not easy, you know, and it's expensive and the margins are low. So I think uh, it was the right move. And D2C is here. It's here to stay, right? As, it as, is. You know, it's not arguable. It's here to stay. And it, well, totally. And we'll, we'll keep playing in both. I mean, I, I was just in a, an HEB here in Texas and, they've been a great store for us. Um, and you know, you can get cooler placements and these other things and people are always going to go to the grocery store. There's a lot more people ordering online, but, um, it's, it's not going away now. Exactly. Always going to be that traffic and that experience, especially the stores that you're in, you know, you're in these stores that like HEB or Sprouts where they create an, you know, an an experience. So they want people to go in, they want people to wander and be adventurous. So are you, you're saying half your sales are online? Is that like website and Amazon? Or where, where are you getting most of your online yeah, sales? Website, web, exactly. Website and Amazon. It's use Amazon just because Amazon has a much higher conversion rate. Right. Uh, you know, I would love to have more of those customers uh, on our website because Amazon uh, is really like uh, secretive about the customer data. So you referenced earlier, somebody gets a bad shipment. You know, FedEx takes too long for us. It's maybe some, somebody gets a damaged shipment. I can't communicate with that customer, right? They just leave a one-star review and say, oh, shame on Iconic, you know, my product is damaged. And for, and and look, Amazon has their own customer service department. They'll probably send them a new one, but maybe they don't, who knows? And I like having that direct contact with the customer. So I can say, hey, look, we're so sorry to hear that. Here's what may have happened. We're gonna resolve it for you and go above and beyond uh, with a solution. And that's the challenge of Amazon, but then again, there's a lot of revenue opportunity there, right? So it's it's kind of that double-edged sword. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's at the end yeah. of the day, I know brands that are literally trying to get, and I'm very vocal about this, getting customers away from Amazon. You know, yeah. there's a lot of tricks to doing this, right? Where when you ship something to the customer, maybe you can put a little flyer in the box that says, hey, you know what, next time order it from our website, you know, instead of Amazon, like yeah. we do things like that to incentivize people away. Amazon's yeah. a great base. There's going to be a lot of people on there that will buy it. But at the end of the day, we want to own the customer's information. We want to be able to retarget this customer and get them to come back with a deal and become like, you know, a lifetime customer. Right. So let's get into your powder because we're kind of running short on time. Quick, you know, yeah. we do we do plugs on here and all that in the story, but for entrepreneurs that are watching, what was really the driver to going into powder, right? Besides that it's light, all these great things, 
What was some of the market data and categorical data really telling you to say, I need to get into this, to this segment? Well, you know, Alex, great question. Uh, I'll start by saying I'm a sales guy. Uh, I, I've always kind of been in sales and marketing. And and if I was a finance guy, I would have gotten powders because powders make the money. <laughs> powders is a great margin. It's a great price point for customers per serving. Uh, and I'm not. So I got into to beverage uh, and, and thought it was a great idea, which I still think it is. But it's, it's, it's a challenging deal from a margin standpoint. Mm-hmm. Powders were really customer demand. People, we were looking, there was, there was a lot of organic search online for Iconic Protein Powder. And then they're getting served ads for every other protein powder. And so I'm like, wait, there's a demand here for powder. Why wouldn't I make the powder if people are already searching for it? <laughs> and then the production runs are much smaller. The The margin is, is like double what beverage is. And it's still a value. For me, the block had always been, why would it create a protein powder? There's like 10,000 protein powders. Mm-hmm. You know you know how tough the beverage segment is, but it's a fraction of, of what the powder market is because right. it's a lower barrier to entry. The, right. You can do like a 100 bags if you want. You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other, you know, the other thing too that <clears throat> I think we mentioned. Sorry, my voice. <clears throat> We're not going to edit this out. This is all real. I'm have I have a frog in this my. This is throat. happening. This is. It's natural. happening. Yeah. He's in a car in Austin. I'm in a studio <laughs> with a sore throat. This this shit is happening right here right now. It's happening. This is how it goes. This, these are our lives. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We're not. We're not the. You know. We're not the fucking real or like. You know. Or the view. You know. We're. We. We. We keep it all in. We keep it all in. So. Um, so what was it? Oh yeah. So with the, with the with the powders. What I like about that too, especially with the pandemic, we're kind of in an almost post-pandemic state right now. Kind of. You know. It's kind of dissipating, um, and getting back to some kind of normal. People like to also have control about what's in their beverages and they're making smoothies from home. So it just makes sense too that they can put whatever they want in it, add the iconic protein, which they love from your drink into their own smoothie and make it. So I'm sure you're getting data where customers want to do that. Oh, totally. That totally, I mean, that, that really helped our, our business out uh, during the lockdown phases of the pandemic when everybody's staying at home and they're eating like frozen pizza and cookies all day the saving grace was that people were starting to buy more protein powder because they're blending things at home. Single serve beverage went down in protein. Our, our, the protein drink category for, for beverage was down 40% last year. So that, that business ours wasn't as down, uh, wasn't down as much, but I, I wish I would have had a stronger powder business, um, leading into that, but what it could have, should have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All yeah. good stuff, man. I know we're, we're short on time. We're going to get into our next segment here. Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. All right. So uh, at this point, with the sun going down in Texas, I can I, you're you're just a, you're a voice and a beard with with white teeth that show up <laughs> every time I make a joke. So all right. So let's get into the questions here. One minute or less. Ask let's you a bunch it. of questions. Bunch of answers. Let's go. For music, okay. which decade is best? The seventies, eighties, or nineties? 70s what do you do for exercise weights and uh hit classes what protein drink do you drink for exercise i just added that one (laughs) (laughs) iconic all day every day i've had one a day for 10 years (laughs) love it love it and look at you man built what movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times uh interstellar that's uh, all right, all right, all right. Right, that guy? All 
All right, all right. Let's go to space. <laughs> Let's go to space here. It's not, you know, it's not the it's not the range or the uh, you know the park, but it's good. I'm starting to sound like Bill Clinton. All right, uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Favorite country to travel to? Colombia. Favorite our coffee as well. Got it. Favorite Star Wars character? Yoda. Yoda. Our last guest, Patrick Schwarzenegger, he said Jar Jar Binks. I'm just like... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, we have to end this interview. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what is your spirit animal? Tiger. That one, right on with that. Do you like to drive an SUV, a coupe, or a truck? Which one are you in right now? <laughs> I'm in a truck. I'm in a truck right now, but I prefer an SUV. Got it. For food, salty or sweet? Salty all the way. Favorite day of the week and why? Saturday. Because Got it. it's, not, it's not, a little not. bit better than Friday and not as bad as Sunday. Got it. Uber or Lyft? Uber all the way. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, or Kobe? Jordan. I've got the whole dream team uh, of Jordan and baseball and basketball cards at my house. Yeah. Must be worth a lot. Do you have a Jordan rookie card? I don't have the rookie card, but I've got an all-star card. That's even, well, it's valuable. So Terminator 1 or Terminator 2? Terminator 1. Though. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, because it's it's the novelty of the first, the first you know, uh, Terminator. It's like there, there's, it was the first, the, the second one's great, but it's the first for me is always like something that's Im impactful and it's hard to beat the first one of any series. Exactly. And he had a, a $10 million yeah. budget for the first one versus like 80 million for the second one. So, uh, he really, yeah. James Cameron did a lot of shit in that movie with not a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's all about yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger where you can tell it's a mannequin when he's taking out his eye in the mirror. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> I gotta go back and watch that. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a hotel just taking out his eye because someone, I think, stabbed him in the eye. And he's literally, oh, yeah. you can totally tell yeah. it's just a mannequin like taking his, oh, his nice. eye out. It's not real, real Arnold. Uh, the 80s. Favorite food or drink if you're stuck on a deserted island? You cannot say iconic and you cannot say genius juice. Uh, and the scooter, are there packaged goods on this island? Or have to it could be packaged, it could be from a tree, it could be water, mm. whatever you want. I hope there's pineapples on there because pineapples is my favorite fruit. Uh, and I hope there's uh, like some wild boar on the island too because I can make crackling with that. I can make ground pork. I can make uh, bacon. I can make a whole lot of things with pork. So, Castaway 2 starring Billy Bosch coming to a theater near you <laughs> and the on beard netflix grows longer <laughs> <laughs> the beard and then also you have to lose weight like tom hanks did right so oh, man, i don't want to do that yeah. no not not an option so anyway man that is rapid fire questions with billy bosch founder of iconic protein drinks iconic protein powders at a store near you and also online iconicprotein.com right you got it awesome man Thank you for joining us in episode 110 and uh yeah man for, uh, it's a first from a car so going down in the in the history books we did so. it we did it yes success all right billy well have a wonderful night enjoy the rest of your thursday all right
Okay. What's really cool is uh, he had reception problems right at the very end, which was the perfect timing. <laughs> All right. So that is episode 110 of 15 Minutes of Genius. <clears throat> Big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark Enam and HaddonBeachStudios.net for all your editing desires. There's his information. Make sure to reach him. Photos, videos, have your own podcast. He does it all right from the studio in Manhattan Beach. He can do it for you. He can make you look beautiful like me. So there you go. All right. So again, uh, episode 110 in the books. Uh, one last thing. Stay genius and iconic, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.